Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. We say things that don't mean anything, but thanks for listening. Hello, everybody, and welcome to We Say Things, episode 88. My name is Sunsfan. Joining me is Cinderin. I thought you were going to interrupt yep. me. How are you doing on this loveliest of days, sir? No, it's just like 88 episodes. We're closing in on the 100. That's, that's quite the accomplishment for us, Shannon. It is, and it's gone by so fast. It's not uh, excruciating at all to do this podcast with you. Just a dream all around. So thank you, Cinderin, for showing up eventually every week. Uh, okay, let's that sounded talk about, sarcastic as hell. That's okay. Let's talk about our patrons, our beautiful, beautiful <laughs> patrons who support this show every single week. Thank you to Sam Davey, Suns fan. I appreciate that you asked Brax if you read this series. It means that you care and you are intelligent. I can send yo. Chakar, Boyko, Ustavko, Mutro, Fab Daddy, the Megapope, Tins, a.k.a. T.I. in New Zealand, Zan Xavier, Suns fan Pudge, Omega Lol, Nate Thick O... <laughs> Nate Thick... Nate Thick O Zero One, Hamscroats, brother of the great OG Jesticle Hamscroats. I've actually been playing Dota with him lately. Uh, <clears throat> bacon, no, not that bacon, the other bacon. Removing the Justin Bieber poster inside my ass and replacing it with clown shoes and one rook piece in chess. These just keep getting more and more random. Also, thank you to Lick, Shark TM, and Freshly Seasoned Goat Balls. Thank you, friends. And also to Change Will Happen, the Ben Jackson and Ben Broomhead Alliance, Novi Panda, Dop, your boy. If someone asks you if you know someone famous who is Polish, just say Robert Maklovich. Robert. 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 Fane underscore man. The Ben Alliance's new campaign is to lobby for an Inbruch Suns and Cinderin commentary podcast episode, and we need your help. Pitch Black, Wooden Aftertaste, Duntalk, Dyslexic Lawyer, Anonymous, Peter Knebling, and Ronnie Keel. Thank you, friends. Thank you so wonder much. I wonder how Peter figured that out. What? Maybe he's half German, half Danish. Maybe he's American. Pe- people he's can't see what you're saying. I mean, I guess if you guys want to rewind and look so at the names. So it was Peter Niebling, right? Yes. And now he's called Knebling, which would be Danish. Knebling. All right. Uh, first order of business, Cinderin. Before we get to the NBA segment, I got a new desk. Yes. I want to... This is a Suns fan recommends for people that are extremely overweight, like myself. And or oh just God, don't. Horrible. Why didn't you tell me this? Cinderin, you're interrupting my segment right now. Sorry. I got a very special desk, Cinder. Would you like to see it? I'm going to show you. Yes. Okay, one second. Is it hydraulic? See? 
Can you see my pajama pants? Yep. Oh, very, very nice. Wait, what's on there? Is that Dota Heroes? Everybody that's listening to the podcast is like, why is it silent? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like they're like, wait, did it run out of battery? <laughs> why is it? Goodness, my speakers don't work anymore. I got a standing desk because I'm a fat ass. Let me get one more thing. It came with a standing mat, which I will oh, use during this podcast. Evolution. And it also came with a standing board. Or a balance board, I should say. Whatever the hell they're called. So I've been trying to do this. How long can you stand in place, Cinderin? What's a normal amount before you think you get tired for a normal human being? Like your feet start hurting or whatever? Yeah. Well, we did the... We did a baking stream the other day. And my feet started hurting after, I don't know, standing and walking around for two hours nonstop, okay. I guess. Okay. Two and a half. Yeah, that's what my stream said as well. Two hours. I'm like, I haven't two been able to now. stand up for 10 minutes. But then I found out I had to get surgery on my legs because I've had issues with that even when I was skinny. And now I can stand for an hour and a half before oh. I want to pass out, Cinder. And so nice. once I Not shed bad. some weight, we'll be good. A couple games of dotes is good to go. Okay. So this so one is what called is your the, plan uh, with the desk? Are you just going to stand or are you actually going to like stay on your toes? You know what I mean? I'm just standing. <laughs> okay. What do you mean stand? What does that mean? Like this? No, it's like, um, like in badminton, for example, if you're on your toes, then you're like, you know, you're like, what's, how do you explain that? It's like, you're not standing still. You're always ready to act. You know, you're like a little bit in your knees. You're in your or, stance. Right. Yeah. I Definitely, guess stance is a good like, word for Tennis stance, I guess you can't see my whole body, but yeah, you bend your knees a bit. No, I'm just straight up. I'm a dead corpse. I might as well be dead, okay. but standing up. Rigor mortis for the win. Uh, but yeah, this one's called the uplift. Uh, figured it was time I get something like this to help me not sit on my ass for 16 hours a day. So been good so far, so recommend. Nice. Second order of business, Cinderin, is the NBA, of course. Two things. The Suns have not played in a week because they came in contact with a team that came in contact with two other teams that had COVID. So oh, no. we just, all our games were suspended and then we played today and lost horribly. Uh, so yeah, COVID is kind of messing up the league right now. But of course, that's small fry compared to the rest of the world. But more importantly, Cinderin, there has been an enormous trade of monumental proportions. We talked about it earlier. In an earlier episode, the beard, James Harden, the guy that scores the mm -hmm. most points in the NBA, 35 points a game, he has been traded to the Brooklyn Nets to join Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving as a the only truly big three in the NBA right now. Their defense is going to be awful, but it's going to be really interesting to see. So you have very interesting personalities. You have Kevin Durant who a lot of people hated for going to the Golden State Warriors a while back. He's also a guy that has a lot of burner Twitter accounts, very sensitive sender. He tries to defend himself with fake accounts, and people found out about it. It was very embarrassing for him. You have James Harden, who's very selfish in the way he plays for the most part, and he had a horrible exit from 
the Houston Rockets, and then, of course, Kyrie Irving, the Flat Earther. So you have a lot of personalities. <laughs> it's going to be an interesting one, Sindarin. Very interesting indeed. So I thought, so I didn't, I don't really know how this works, so explain it to me. When you do trades and when you set rosters in basketball, can you trade at any point during the season as well? For the most part. There's a trade so deadline. Like, it's kind like, of like Dota. You can just qualify with a team and be like, nah, fuck this guy, actually. And then you just get someone else in. And then you lose yeah, some of your of. points. But in basketball, you don't even lose any points. Well, there's not to get technical. But yeah, if you sign somebody, there's a certain grace period where you can't trade them for a certain amount of time, as, as well as drafting. Uh, and then typically a normal season, it would start in October. And then around February, March, there'll be a trade mm-hmm. deadline where you can't trade anymore until the end of the season. Uh, so yeah, that's basically it. But yeah, okay. like you can't trade people once you make the playoffs or anything like that. That's you can sign people that are on like the waiver if they get waived, but no trading at that stage. Okay. Thank you for this uh, TED talk on the NBA. Okay, let's start mm-hmm. with the actual news. Yeah. The reason we talked so much at the beginning is because we there's not much news, Sidner. I'm not gonna lie. No, so we we're gonna so stretch news. it a bit here. Uh, the DPC season has already begun. Uh, in terms of news regarding the talent, I will be paneling the NA DPC with Coddle Guy and Jenkins. I don't know why they invited Jenkins. Uh, the, guy's, <laughs> the guy's a loser. But no, it's going to yep. be... I have a lot of fun with Jenkins. Jenkins, I find him to be extremely hilarious because he's basically me from like 10 years ago. And we've talked about this in person many times. It's disturbing how similar we are. Uh He's, and you he's were fun. so funny 10 years ago. Are you being sarcastic, Sindarin? I don't know. I didn't know you 10 years ago. You knew me close to 10. It's been like nine years, actually. Yeah, I mean, a lot can happen in a year. Are you saying that you made me funny? I don't know. Okay, anyway. I'm not really saying anything. I just so I will be paneling. That begins today, actually. And it'll be three days a week for six weeks. And you, Cinderin, I guess you can tell your side of the story. Why are you not involved in anything? Yeah, so you're paneling from home, right? Yes, remote, correct. Yeah. So I was invited to do a region as well, and I declined because... Uh, how do I put this? So the invitations went out, at least for me, the invitation was sometime last year, and they wanted confirmation before Christmas, but it was paneling in person or casting in person or whatever it was. Uh, the whole thing was in a setup. And I did go to Germany for ESL1 Germany a couple of months back, but the travel guidelines and the, what's the word for that? The recommendations changed a lot. Like basically all of Europe is just red for Danes and they're advising against any travel except if it's required or whatever. Um, so I felt like giving an answer back in December, right before Christmas, when I thought Corona was going to get the worst it ever has been, and then going into no, to January, February, where it's the bad winter, I just didn't feel good about it. We talked about it at home, and I didn't, yeah, we kind of decided that this is an event I'll probably skip doing in person. So, um, and I guess there's a good segue here to what ended up happening for BSJ and Fogged, who also went to Europe to, or who went to Europe rather, to cover this. They flew all the way from the U.S. and then they were denied entry and they had to fly all the way back. And supposedly, Fogg told me he was in the embassy in Amsterdam for like seven hours before they had to go back home. So literally traveled for more than 24 hours for absolutely nothing because they weren't allowed in by being American. Um, 
that that's rough, man. That fucking sucks. I'm so I, feel I know so that Moxie got through and I know yeah. Cap is there, but I don't know if he was originally in the US to start uh, with. And then Kyle I as well. I don't think so. But I don't know. So I'm assuming all of them came from the US. I could be wrong, but basically But yeah. I think it's an interesting it. topic because I've seen some I've seen some differing opinions on Reddit about this based on whether like when the news came out that BSJ and Fog didn't get in, there's like differing opinions. Like some people are like why are the panels in person right now? That's really irresponsible with the corona situation. And there's others that are like, well, it's super well monitored. Obviously, they get a permit from the country to have people there and they take all the precautions they possibly can. And like in reality, there's probably the truth, if you will, is probably somewhere in between the two. Not, or rather, they're taking the precautions very well. So let's not, like when I was in Germany, it was very, very well organized and they took Corona extremely seriously. So that was great. I'm assuming they'll do that again for Sweden in the exact same way. Uh, but the, um, what was the other thing I just said? <laughs> wow, I just completely I'm lost I'm sorry, what were you talking? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Now you were talking about um, Sweden and the way they've done things and how it should be fine. If they're following precautions, etc. Anyway, two NA personalities weren't able to make it. I know Purge is doing remote, yeah. okay. as far as I know. I, don't know. I, I lost that. Why? I, I, maybe I shouldn't be asking this live, but were you not asked to do remote? Because I know a lot of people that are doing remote, even for no, that event. This is not remote. So I offered to do remote right right away. Okay. I was like, you know, I'd love to be a part of this, but I think I, I can't say. So remember again the the time perspective, right? The event was is starting around now, right? Uh, but they wanted, for logistics reasons, they wanted to confirm people before Christmas. And I'm like, I can't see three to four weeks into the future with what's going on in Corona. I'm pretty sure things are going to get fucking bad because of Christmas and New Year. So I feel like putting me on the spot and saying, you, we need an answer now. I just couldn't, in good faith, give a yes. And I was like, if we, if we buy more time and we get to the New Year, let's see how things are. And then maybe I'll go. Uh, but... Yeah, like I said, the, the confirmation had to come earlier. So, which I complete, I'm, I understand it, right? It's logistics. You need to get things planned. You need to know what you have and what you don't have and not gamble everything. Um, but I think what I was getting at with the community was that some people are saying, like the arguments were, you should definitely do something like this remote during Corona. And others were like, well, they can do it in person because it's a small crew. It's very well monitored and organized and everything. And I think there's truth to both of those things. This was what I was getting at. So. Going in person is definitely like the product you get is better when the studio is there in person. Um, yeah, so sure. there's a lot of appeal for that when you're organizing stuff like this. But at the same time, I think there's also some truth in the like the symbolic value or whatever you want to call it or the message you're sending by doing it remotely right during this. So I think there's both both things have their value, so to speak. I mean, it, um, it's easier for everybody if it's remote. Literally, so everybody is easier. Not the production crew. I what do you doing mean remote production, production is a lot harder than in-person production, I believe. Because there's way more variance, right? Like connection issues, routing, all yeah, this well, stuff. Okay. When people there in have, person, okay. it just it either works or it let, doesn't. You let know? me put it this way: it you have less to control, I guess, with online because there's only so much you can do. If somebody mm -hmm. comes with it, like like last time where my mic was all fucked up out of nowhere, but at the same time, it is technically easier. I feel like to do remote for everybody. I mean, we've run plenty of online. I mean, I totally don't mind either way. I, I yeah. like going to lands in person. I like doing remote. 
just yeah, this time I chose like that. So for that reason. All right. Uh, next thing on the agenda, uh, there was a team called It's Okay, uh, which highlighted Nikwa as part of the roster for the lower division of the NADPC. And the NADPC League Twitter tweeted out that their team is disqualified from season one for competing on alternate accounts in multiple DPC regions. The replacement will be determined tomorrow between the runner-ups of the last open qualifier. So there was, I think there was another team that got disqualified early, but I'm not bringing them up because this one I felt was more interesting because of the response from Nico himself, who tweeted, mm -hmm. I'll clarify here. We are disqualified from DPC because our position five player decided to either sell his account to a DPC banned player or played both qualifiers himself. I really don't know which one is true. He also did all this behind our backs. No one knew anything about it before. One of our guys checked major registrations and saw his name registered to another team. When we found out about this, we reported it to the admins, which I guess decided to punish the rest of us for the wrongdoing of one person. So Gods ended up uh, tweeting a reply, basically saying that they brought this up to Valve because that's what they should be doing, obviously. And Valve is the one that made the decision to disqualify them. So my question mm -hmm. is, because I know there's two perspectives here, but I feel really bad for Nico and the rest of the team where they are literally the ones that reported their teammate. I feel yeah. like that should be an exception of some kind, personally. Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I feel like even with these response, even with this response from him, I feel like there's something that's unsaid, right? And I'm not saying we need to know about it. Like that's completely fine if they handle that behind uh, closed doors or whatever. But there's obviously details missing, right? Or and it's still also even from his perspective, it sounds like they don't actually really know what was going on. But the main takeaway is they reported their teammate who did something wrong, and then the question is, what do you do as the organizer? Are you like, well, now it's ineligible how you guys competed because even if you replace this player with someone else, the guy who played in the tournament against the rules would have, in quotation marks, you could say boosted, right? I'm not saying he's better than them, but you get the idea. He's basically hedging his bets. He's playing multiple tournaments at once uh, for, for protection against not qualifying. Um, if you let someone like that do it, and then the team reports him, and then there's no punishment for the teammates, doesn't that just set the precedent that you can just do that, right? Mm -hmm. Anyone could make up that story and just do that the next time. I'm not saying he's making up a star, by the way. I believe him 100%. This guy, I, I like Nico. I, I believe him. I, I don't think there's anything fishy going on here. But um, it's just I feel a like tough if you're spot, Valve, right? you could Valve. find out if it's, if you just investigate it, but you could find out if it, the fishiness, quote unquote, ends up being something substantial, right? Yeah, Otherwise, but it feels you get like my point, right? Like if, if you can do this and only one player gets punished, then people can try this. You know what I mean? And the other people, the other people could be in on it, but you just only risk one guy doing it. Mm. I don't know. Maybe that's a weird way of thinking about it. Cause like, no, how I, would you I do understand that? What you're saying. Yeah. There's always ways to abuse things, but yeah. Yeah. This just is just, it's shitty. shitty it around. really sucks. Uh, I think so there's been other situations like this, not, not in the exact same way, but where one person in a team has done something wrong and the whole team has been disqualified for it because you can't, or well, not you can't, but rather uh, Valve didn't want to just punish that one person. So I think they think of team as like an, a unit with integrity. Um, but for example, in match fixing cases that we've had in the past, we've had individual players from teams banned, but not full teams. 
when it was clear that not the whole team was in on it. So that seems a little bit inconsistent if you think about it. Because like, you know what I mean, right? It's kind of the same problem where there's, let's say there's one guy in a team that is match fixing and the other guys don't know it, but that guy's just throwing like crazy. Mm-hmm. And then it comes out and the other guy's like, we weren't in on it. We have no idea what's going on. Then you could also make the perspective, well, you can always claim that while you have this one guy throwing and then you guys split the profits, right? Then you only risk one guy. In that scenario, you're... No, the scenario that would make sense for that is if you were the ones that reported your teammate for match fixing. True. That's the different perspective here is that. But it's it's more from like the perspective of is it fair to punish the whole team over one person's wrongdoing? And I just think it's not that black and white always that you can just be like, no, well, just punish the guy who did the bad thing and don't punish the people that didn't do the bad thing. Because it can be really hard to confirm that and protect it. But here, this is obviously a special case because they self-reported, like you said, it makes it more believable. Um yeah, it's just it's a shit situation all around. I don't know. Do you think do you think they should do something else here? Yeah, I, I mean, don't I'm, think they should. I'm always like a fan of giving people second chances or believing this like the positive I, story. I like if the you will. idea of having this is all encompassing for like laws and just literally everything in life having like common sense applied where mm-hmm. yeah, you can have a general set of rules, but I think you should it's Saying that things need exceptions is maybe the wrong way to go about it, but look at every case as if it's its own thing. And if there's something mm-hmm. that's odd about it that just doesn't feel right based on the letter of the law that you already have existing, then, you know, use some fucking common sense. I think they spend 10 minutes investigating this and can probably find out what the truth is. I mean, it's not that difficult to, mm-hmm. for Valve, at least with all the resources, but, you know. They go for the I'm thinking, okay, uh, final comment on it. I'm thinking from the perspective of, let's say they find out that absolutely everything is true, okay? Mm-hmm. Does that validate all of the wins the team got with a player that is now not playing versus if they had another five? Mm-hmm. Like, let's say they've gone through and beaten 10 different teams, and now it turns out one of their players is quote-unquote cheating. He's not really cheating, but you know what I mean, right? He's like... He's broken the rules regions at the same time. So he's doing something that's against the rules. Yeah. Does that invalidate all of their wins with this player? Or are you just like, well, he was playing to win. He wasn't cheating in game. Uh, you can take another player and continue. Mm-hmm. You see what I mean, right? Like, does previous do previous games get affected by something like this? I mean, not? in theory, in they should. But that that's a different conversation, right? Mm-hmm. That's an addition. But then th- there's no real solution, right? The qualifiers have progressed. So you need to right. either be like, okay, you guys can play with another player or you dis- you're disqualified. There's, I mean, like no, I, there's no in between, right? Like you, I agree you that there's no good solution, but it also just feels really bad to punish what seems like four very innocent people. Of course, I don't know the whole story. Right. Of course, I mean, 100% great. agree. 100% agree. I want to make that very clear. I feel really sorry for them. And I think like if it were me, I would probably give them a second chance with another player. But I'm just trying to understand and justify the valve side of things which i think is very valve are very strict when it comes to rules and tournaments right they've been very very strict with that match fixing lifetime ban uh breaking rules or cheating you're you're out smurf or not smurfing but in this case like playing multiple tournaments or sharing accounts or whatever you're out like zero tolerance um so like if you have that strict of a they, ha- they think very strongly about integrity, I think. That's the thing they care the most about in the pro scene is integrity. So 
if you have that mindset, then it's also the easiest coming route. to this decision is probably not that strange, right? I, okay. The last thing I'm going to say is this is just also the easiest route to go doing what they did, right? Like, okay, mm. next, next problem, please. Like they just feels <laughs> like they don't have time to really, I don't know. Just feels bad, I suppose. Mm. Okay. Next thing. Uh, normally this would not be a topic, but because Overwatch, the system is coming out quote unquote soon, uh, beyond the summit, it was my boy Ricky was casting and they stumbled upon this i don't know if you want to call it a bug but it's probably an upcoming feature in the game where you just highlight something close to the portrait and you could report people it's very like not finished ui mm -hmm. but they were speculating i think they're definitely correct that it was the upcoming overwatch system that yep. was apparently leaked into i don't know if they gotten rid of it since then but i'm not sure if it even does anything right now I don't think you can do it anymore but i don't know actually i didn't test it myself but i believe there was a patch shortly after removing it but i mean i can just quickly give a rundown i'm not sure if you're showing it on screen i'm guessing you're not right now but no, no. basically you could for any hero in the game you could click the hero and then at the portrait at the bottom so the the portrait of say void spirit or whatever there would be an extra button you have the one where you can see the showcase view and the one where you can see what items they have and then you can or the zoom in whatever the fuck and then there's another button, which is report player. And in that box that you said, like you said, the UI isn't finished yet. But what it did was it would highlight the hero you've selected. And then the options you could uh, report them for would be cheating, feeding, griefing, and suspicious. Mm -hmm. And then you can select when in the game it happened, if it happened right now, a minute ago, or more than 10 minutes ago. Um, obviously, to help the people in Overwatch find the moment that it happened. The more people select now, the better, because that will make it way easier to find it. Um, but if you, ret in retrospect, are like, hmm, or, oh, I didn't report this guy a minute ago because I was angry or whatever. I didn't wasn't paying attention. You know, whatever it is. You change your mind or you see something happen two or three times. You're like, okay, this is definitely too much. Then you can point it backwards. Um, so yeah, it, it makes sense, right? This is the kind of thing Overwatch is for. So It didn't have a thing for smurfing, correct? Correct. Or did it? Okay, so this is the next topic because we've talked about the Overwatch system and what we're expecting, what we're hoping for, like so many times before. I figured no point in bringing it up again, but I thought this would be an interesting topic um, because I just recently, well, obviously, I mean, I've been playing off and on Dota for a long ass time, obviously, but mm -hmm. there was like a six month period where I was just not playing that much. And then when this new patch dropped, the Ags Shard patch, I've been playing a lot more, right? And yeah. I've noticed some changes in the game in terms of the quality of game, I should say. I'm not sure it's because of less people overall playing the game or not, but also just started recently playing ranked. And it's basically the same thing where smurfing is, I have never experienced smurfing like this in my entire life, like ever, where mm -hmm. eight out of 10, like I, I've been losing a lot, by the way, <laughs> losing a lot, but <laughs> okay. Like legitimately eight out of, I'm not exaggerating, eight out of 10 losses, like 80% of my losses, there are very obvious smurfs. Very, very, like accounts that are, like a couple of them are, you have to look into a little bit more to see that they're being shared mm -hmm. potentially, but like those are unconfirmed. But other ones are like level 20 and they're just like dumpstering me like an immortal player would dumpster me in lane or whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. Or they only play yeah. like two heroes, they have like a 19 win streak with fucking... It's, by the way, it's always Arc Warden. 
every Arc Warden game I play is like this. Anyway, so Pop-Tart had a very interesting... Uh, by the people that don't know what Pop-Tart is, he's an observer in Dota. I've played a lot of Dota with him. He's a cuddly guy. Um, he had an interesting theory because not only were we getting a lot of Smurfs, but our team, teammates, no offense to anybody watching this, our teammates have been unusually bad for a lot of the games to the point like mm -hmm. are, is this a new player and he brought up an interesting theory where me and him have 10k uh what's it called the conduct summary, conduct summary? it's yeah. flawless i get behavior score behavior score he and i get commended all the time like it's repeat like thousands of commends never reported i don't think at least like i don't think it's ever been under ten thousand. so his theory is that potentially if you, the higher your conduct score is, the more likely you are to be set up with new players. What do you think of that? If that is good or if I think that is the case. Do you think that's the case? It's terrible. That's no way that should I, happen. Do you think I that's the case? I do think that could be the case. Holy fuck. So. All right. So I need to, Oh, my God. This is so bad, Cinderin. This is so, so the reason, bad. Okay. I think <sighs> just to quickly explain why I think that's the case and why I think there's something good about that is... If you're playing, if you're entering this game and the barrier for entry is extremely high already and it's really difficult, the thing that's going to discourage new players the most is when they get in and have a really shitty experience. And their average chance of having a shitty experience is worse the talk, more toxic their teammates are. And the best indication Agreed. Valve have of toxicity is the behavior score. It's the best metric that they have. When someone's being, being an absolute piece of shit, their behavior score will drop. And if someone is, at least for the very most part, being decent, their behavior score will be high on average. It's not perfect. So our chat, there are people with 10K behavior score that can be complete animals sometimes. But for the most <laughs> wow. part, animals. For the most part, Goodness. it's fine, right? So yeah. the tricky thing is, and the thing that confuses me is that your skill bracket should not have beginners, though. Like, That's what I'm you're saying. You're way too high up to get matched with beginners. So they should never be placed in your game regardless. There should be right. enough high behavior score players that the new players can be matched with high behavior score 1Ks. So is the player base so low that it, it skipped 3,000 MMR? There's no way. Whatever. That's, that's what I mean. Like They can't be that new then. They could be returning players that have a hidden MMR from a long time ago that doesn't fully decay or something. Like I just There is no way a new player should be placed in a game with a 4 or 5K MMR player. Like that just, it can't be that bad with the number of players, right? There's a lot of bad players in this game. Like there should be enough to choose from that you don't have to take. Like by the metric of the entire ecosystem, you're like top 2%, I think. Like think of that in any context, in any sport, anything. You're a new player who's looking to have some fun and you get matched against the top 2% of that population. Like you're going to get destroyed every time. And it doesn't matter whether the good guys are in your team or in the other team because the average level of the game will be way too high. So, so Chad is telling us that apparently we're idiots and Valve said this four years ago that the higher your score is, the better chance I the think, newer player I think will so, be. but the thing they didn't say was that they were the going to... The problem is if they're valuing this over everything else to such a degree that they put new players with 4.5Ks. Like, let me give you an example. To make this simple, let's say there's 100 people queuing right now and... There's like you as one of them. And let's say you're like 5K MMR or whatever, 4.5. And then you have a 10K behavior score. And then there's like 10 other players with 9.7K behavior score that are 1K MMR. 
they should be placed in that game over you. But if the algorithm is like, new player detected, whoop, 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 10k only, 10k only, then right. if it's literally the only thing that matters to them, which I don't think so, but you get my point. It can't be weighed that much higher than skill. Something something is going on. That that's will just make weird. the game worse. Like it's it's a give and take situation here where less toxic players are on average more enjoyable to play with. But if the game is stupidly skewed, then that's no fun either. Right? Mm -hmm. So you gotta find that balance. So what I'm hoping for, and I'm not expecting it, because we've talked about this again just to touch on the Overwatch system. I hope to God there's something relating to Smurf control. Because I, I know that like from your perspective, from pro player mm -hmm. perspective, high MMR, it's it's whatever. I mean, you guys all have fucking Smurf accounts. In fact, pros have I made don't. it. All right. Pro other pros have made it cool to have Smurf accounts. I think it's actually a terrible precedent to set. The games mm -hmm. have been again, I'm trying to play a game that I actually find really fun right now. This patch is really good, but the quality is so trash because either I get somebody that's pretty new to the game or I get a literal obvious one like it's not even remotely a question of whether they're a smurf or not they're like 2000 mmr ahead of me easily just ruining and the i game. think so i think a large part of the problem is how to say the amount of dead accounts floating around so let's say i wanted to get a smurf right the barrier for entry as a smurf is pretty long now like you need to play a lot of games before you can play ranked and then you need to rank it up but the problem is there's so many accounts. Like, let's say I wanted a Smurf right now in, in 5K. I don't think, I, I think I could just buy one, right? And yeah. it wouldn't be very expensive and it would save me a shitload of trouble and I would get my Smurf. The problem is this population of dead accounts that people can just buy and use as Smurfs. If everybody who wanted to Smurf needed to do it from the ground up, that would disincentivize a fuckload of the people from actually doing it because it's mm -hmm. a grind. Yeah. But there's so many people that quit the game or that had two accounts to begin with and just played on them both. And then they're like, okay, I can do away with one account, whatever that I think a big part of the problem lies in that. So any solution that involves making it extremely much harder to make a new account to Smurf on or something like that, I don't think, I don't think that will fix the problem inherently. Um, there's something, like you said, you either need to like cull the population of bad accounts or Smurf accounts, or the detection needs to get so good that the number of games each account, quote unquote, ruins, gets limited drastically. And I think that's the approach that Valve have been trying to take is better detection algorithms where they're like, okay, this player is performing way better than mm -hmm. the bracket they're in. When can we say that with 95, 99% probability that that is the case based on an algorithm so that we can just bump them up 2000 MMR in the search range for the algorithm? I because mean in, in theory, We've talked about this before. If you get the perfect machine learning going where the algorithm can detect, let's say, within 500 to 1,000 MMR, how good a player is after five minutes, in, in theory, this is possible because of tells that happen during the game, at least for the most part. Then each Smurf will ruin one game, and then they're placed, if that is possible. I think that's the kind of thing Valve are probably aiming towards, and I think that's what they should be aiming toward, too. Because I think handling the population of accounts or making it harder to make a Smurf, et cetera, et cetera, it's just, it almost feels like a, I'm not going to say lost cause, but the upkeep of it is, you know, Valve doesn't like that, right? They don't like manually having to do upkeep. They want to do automated upkeep. So you could, if the detection gets good enough, that 
problem will be limited massively. I, so I again, I don't think the Overwatch system is going to do anything with smurfing, which is really disappointing mm -hmm. because on the grand scale of things, well, I why okay, I do want to talk about this. Why should that be punishable? Like, what's the what smurfing? Yeah, why should it be against terms of service? Is it like you can't have more than one account? Oh, I'm not okay. And... I'm not giving a solution. I don't know the mm -hmm. solution to stop right. smurfing because there's so many different ways to do it. The fact that the accounts are free to begin with, um, and even like in certain cases where you have accounts that are just blatantly like they'll play again Arc Warden and they'll destroy Beyond Belief, and then the next couple of games yeah. they're, they're sharing accounts. They're losing on purpose basically to keep these accounts relatively low so that they can just stomp people. I don't know how you fix any of this. I'm just saying the Overwatch system, I don't think there's, unless there's just some unbelievable revolutionary software that's about to hit the fucking Steam store, I mm -hmm. I don't see it happening. I don't see this being fixed by Overwatch system, which begs the question, what is the Overwatch system even going to be doing? Again, we're all speculating here. I don't have any idea what it's going to be about, but when it comes to like mm -hmm. scripting and cheating, I'm not saying it yeah. won't help. It's such a small percentage of games. This is not Counter-Strike. You don't have a cheater literally every other game like in Counter-Strike. Mm -hmm. And it's not nearly as obvious, obviously, so maybe there's more than I think. But again, I still think it's a very small percentage of it games. It doesn't have the same game-winning impact as in CS. That as well. win games off it. So with that out of the way, then what is the Overwatch system for? Is it going to be communication type thing? People verbally abusing? That would be good, obviously. We've talked about that before. But I think smurfing is up there in terms of... Is there any it, game we can learn from? With smurfing. smurfing, is there any game that does a better job? Valorant's pretty bad uh, at combating it. Is there any game that does a better job at smurf combating? Because I mean, it's obviously I don't disagree. I think it's a big problem, and I know, and there's a lot of people that are talking about it all the time. They're like, "Man, there's so many fucking smurfs in my games." I think some some of the cases it's just false positives where people just start seeing smurfs everywhere. So if anybody's having a good game, they're a smurf by now, um, right? But like the actual Smurf population is very, very high. So it is a big problem and fixing it would help immensely for a lot of people's enjoyment with the game. But it's easy to point out the flaws, but does anyone actually have the solution? I, I haven't heard of any game that does it better than Dota. That doesn't mean we're the end-all be-all of it and we're doing it perfectly, but I just think it's, it's just a really complex issue from a programming standpoint to yeah, solve. I, I, I just don't know what the perfect solution is. That's why I keep leaning toward this detection thing, because I think that is, in theory, the way I see it, the best thing programming can do is machine learn the fuck out of a million games, two million, three million, whatever million games, so that the algorithm can get a very, very high reliance, or not the right word, uh, get a high rate of probability of placing people correctly mm. in the games. I think that is kind of the best thing you could do as a programmer, the rest of it becomes manual. Then it's like, then you need to define what is allowed and what isn't. Is it smurfing if you have two accounts at all? Is it smurfing if you're, if you've played bad for a year and you're getting better again? Is that smurfing? Because now you've like tanked a fuckload of MMR because you played badly and now suddenly right. you're really getting your shit together and you're motivated and you're driven and you're running people over. You're getting like 65% win rate for two months. Is that also smurfing then or? You know, it just makes it so there's some blatantly obvious ones. And then there's going to be all those borderline cases where punishing people is just really bad. Uh, so, I will say there's one aspect. Like, the reason know. a lot of pros end up smurfing is not to just stomp noobs. It's because they want a private account to be able to test stuff out that mm -hmm. they don't want to show their opponents.
but I feel like Valve That's such could a small easily... part of it, though. Well, I agree. I'm just because I, I know people are going to comment about this. Oh, this is why they're doing it. Well, Valve could easily implement something that would not require that level of smurfing, right? Like some anonymous mode on a like you could still make a separate account and just give it the same MMR bracket that this pro is in. He's already verified, right? You could allow pros to like clone their account or whatever. Yeah, something like fucking Arc Warden again. God damn that hero. Okay, next thing on the list, Cinderman. Uh, There was this little thing on Reddit posted by, well, I don't know if it was actually posted by them, but Jenkins, Monkeys, and BSJ made an AGS shard tier list, which I will actually show on the screen. (gasps) Ooh. We have the technology, and I made it very pretty, as you can see. Oh, wow. a lot that's of time. Such a good overlay. Thank you. It's covering my. I'm gonna yeah. move over here. That's the wrong <laughs> way. <laughs> there we go. So just have your desk walk to the right. They made an S tier. What was it? Wow, the quality is horrible. What kind of a terrible screenshot is this? S A B C D E and F. This was before O D. Well, I guess nothing's changed with O D. Well, the, the lowest tier is called O D, right? Oh, the OD tier is Sand King and OD, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So does anything... Like, we could obviously go through the whole thing, and it would be a fascinating conversation, but does anything stand out to you as either maybe your surprise is too, so high, or you were... When you initially read it, you didn't think it was that good, but you actually agree with their assessment? Like, what jumps out to you here? Okay. The first thing, I guess the big thing to absolutely talk about is why these two bottom ones are in their own garbage tier. And the Sand OD King one... so hundred- cool. The OD one hundred percent agree. Like that is probably the single worst shard in the game. And That's I the called mana it right from the start. I was thunder? like, man, this is so hard to use. Like, when is this ever gonna be relevant? Yeah. So basically it allows you to, after channeling for 1.5 seconds, swap your current life and mana totals. Right. So the the only situation that this is really applicable is if you have a lot of mana and no health. You get to stand for 1.5 seconds. If you have no health, you're probably dying, right? <laughs> While channeling mm-hmm. for one and a half seconds. And the off chance that you somehow got out of the fight and started channeling this, then you enter the fight without mana. So then you need to get your mana back first with orbs and stuff. So it's like, the way I like to think about these shards and items in Dota in general a lot of the time is how likely is the condition to be met where this item is useful, right? That's why something like four stuff is amazing because... It's always good, right? There's like never going to be a situation where you're like, man, fuck, I have four stuff. I can't use it for anything. can always be used to escape, chase, whatever it is. Even efficiency, if you're like eternal envy, you can force stuff between jungle camps to hit creeps or whatever. So mm-hmm. that's fine. Sand Kings is also really bad. So I, the question for me is, I don't know if there should be more in this category that they put at the bottom, but that one's also really terrible. Every 700 units moved, you make one epicenter pulse. In 400 AOE. When I first read that, I'm not going to lie. It's like, oh, that sounds cool. But then I saw it. I'm like, oh, that's fucking horrible. The the problem with it is that in theory, you could be like, hey, this could help me clear waves. But you need to move so much to get a pulse. So you need to run like circles around the creep wave and just exposing yourself to getting ganked. Do you have a list of all the shards? Or Are you able to access the shards right now as I talk about them? Because I'm in, one I'm I had in the game. About. I'm in the client, so, so I can find any. Warlock, one. I remember thinking it was horrible. They have it as D, uh-huh. which is obviously bad, but I thought it was worse than D potentially. Isn't it like yeah. the Shadow Word slows or something? Shadow Word 20% slower, 20% move speed buff based on enemy or ally. Okay, 20% movement speed buff can be okay. 
depending on the hero. It's I, guess. The, I think the positive one is way better than the negative one. Yeah, the twenty percent slow is literally useless. Um, but twenty okay. percent move speed on an ally for like fourteen seconds. The or thing. Is, is so I'm gonna disagree with a couple. I I think the mm -hmm. list is really good though. I think Pudge as a D is a. It should be C plus B minus. I think it might have been the old Pudge shard, right? The one before it got the buff again. Wait, what? It got three second more cooldown reduction lately. Or recently right i think even with without that i think it's still better mm -hmm. than a d tier i think uh and then the other one which i've seen a lot of pros use and they seem to like it is timber saw actually the flamethrower oh, have I you like seen that. this one in game do what you think that's a d that's a d no i, I think, think conceptually it's a b yeah i was gonna say or an b. a even i think that one's really good but the reason couple... so mm -hmm. again just i'll try to make it quick I think this axe is good in games where you're not super item dependent. There are items where Timber has a lot of problems and he has to buy like two or three defensive items to stay alive and he's like Greaves, Lotus Orb or whatever, or Yules. But in the games that you're not very countered, this is a snowballing item. It's super good. 20 minutes in, you get an extra damage source. It slows. It even sets trees on fire, which is really good against certain heroes. Um, you know, it's solid, I think. I like that one. I thought it was good when we yep, read it originally. I agree. Uh, I think a couple more I disagree with, even though I wanted to love this one. Uh, Pugna as a C. I think it's probably a D, if not worse. It's so hard to actually get yeah, off, that as I feel a C? Like. Yeah, it feels like very... I think it's E or worse. It's pretty bad. Lifestealer, e. <laughs> I thought, is better than C because you're basically required to get it to make the hero good, right? And if you want open wounds. So yeah. in theory, it should be better so. than C, I feel like. Mm -hmm. uh, and then if we go over some of the A-tier stuff, obviously Monkey King, we've talked about... I cannot believe. At first, I didn't know what to think, but Nature's Prophet Shard is so god tier. It's mega. When you when you sprout the first two uh, trees to die from your sprout, or even if it just expires on its own, become the greater tree ants, right? So if you sprout somebody and they quelling blade out, it will spawn a tree. It's still blocked. So you need not only a quelling blade but phase boots to get out. And in addition, just being able to c consistently create these. You can only have two at a time, but still the greater tree ants be able to push is absurd 1400 gold it's that is good. like that i 100% agree that's s tier um our shaker we've talked about before definitely yeah, puck as I well think the two quite good. the two truly standout ones on this list right now that i think are just unanimously considered incredible are nyx which got nerfed yeah. already i think it's the only shard on this list at the top of the top that got nerfed already the nyx one got nerfed monkey king and slightly. the earth shaker one is also incredible well, Monkey King's got. I'm not slightly. sure about the Monkey King one, and the I'm not. It's not about whether I'm sure that it's good. It's definitely really good, but it's about how often is that Monkey King's a very item dependent hero. How often is that worth its cost versus finishing your next item? Because that's mm -hmm. what happens. Twenty minutes in as a Monkey King, right? You're a core, and you want to finish your Scotty, or you want to finish your like whatever you're building. There's many builds on Monkey King that you can do. Is it worth the 1400 gold at that point or no? On Nyx and Shaker, I'm like, dude, this item is just amazing. I just want it every game. Um, yep. So. Our Shakers is completely yeah. broken. I mean, I, I think Bristles is really good. I, I, can't, I don't know if I could put on this. Like, Earthshaker, I feel like, is on a level of just like two or three other heroes. I would put mm -hmm. them very, like a very unique company, if you will. Now, yeah, for the A tier, do, what do you think of Lycan being there? So that's the one that spawns a wolf. A tier? Do you agree with that? I bet it was fucking Brian putting it there. Like, <laughs> fuck off with your wolf. Put it. Fuck off. I don't know. 
C or D? D probably. All right, and this one also, is a special maybe I'm one just for a you. hater conceptually. I just hate the concept of that well, shard. Like I've always hated lichen eggs until they changed it into the bite thing. Right. Ugh. Which it's random so world spawn is so dumb. It is. I don't like the design either. But for fourteen hundred gold, constant pushing from one of the three lanes. But does it still prioritize what lane you're in, or was that just a suggestion they never put in the game? I, I think it's remember. random lane. Let me check. So, talk to. I mean, I don't think it's. Yeah. It, if it does, it doesn't. I don't think it says anything in the game. Um, in fact, a lot of the, a lot of the text when you look at the new shards in game, they give you no information. They're like increases this spell, and it doesn't say by how much. Uh, Causes this one of one, your crit waves to include an uncontrollable wolf that moves with each wave. Okay, so it's not dependent on where you are. Which I Wait, guess could... with each wave. Oh, one of your creepers. Okay, one of your. The, yeah. the, the wording of that is a bit weird. So the one I was really surprised because we thought originally that was horrible. I have not seen it. You're a Night mm -hmm. Stalker player. Talk to me about this shard. First, remind everybody what it does and is, if it's actually A tier. Yeah, I need to remind myself too because I actually Like you eat a creep and you get, get yeah. HP or something? Consume a lesser creature. So that's, I guess, anything that's not player control. Yeah, not player controlled units and not ancients. I guess that's it. So any creep in the jungle, I suppose. Mm. Apart from ancients and lane creeps, you can also consume. Instantly killing it, restoring 25% of max HP and mana, can only be cast on non player units. So you can't use it on enchantress creeps, enchant creeps, etc. I don't know. I'm just not sold. I don't think this is an A. And again, the thing I will always, you, you remember I was hammering Apparently, this point in when we did the Axe tier list. You can eat an ancient, according to the. Chat. You can also eat ancients. That a lesser creature? That's definitely better. That's a lesser, a lesser creature. creature. Wait, okay. the small. You're talking about small ancients. Yeah, I'm saying it works on big ancients. It. What the hell? Okay. But I, I like hammered in this point when we talked about Aghanim's Scepter tier list is, sure, the effect might be good, but what else could you get, right? There's just some heroes that inherently really want to spend their gold on items. They really need it to be powerful, and others that are just... Strong with very little gold, like mm. the classic heroes that will be fives, and where it's like you can have huge impact with nothing, like Warlock. If you get the right kind of fight, Warlock can win a fight with zero net worth. Um, Night Stalker is not that kind of hero. So, do you want to pay fourteen hundred gold for this, or do you want to finish your Aghanim Scepter, or do you want to finish your BKB? I'm just like, like, how often is this going to be my choice when I see it? I would definitely not put it in A. I just don't think it's good enough. Yeah, I agree. But overall, I think the list is pretty damn good. Um, makes it's a me lot question of stuff whether, I agree with. Yeah, whether I even want to do one of my own. Uh, maybe we can work together, Cinderin, one day. Mm -hmm. When they come out with the Ag's Poop list, which is the third addition to Aghanim Scepter, which attaches to the Shard, which then attaches to the Aghanim Scepter. But thank you for the free content, Jenkins, BSJ, <laughs> and Monkeys Forever. Appreciate that. Okay. Next thing on the list, which again, I, I don't, is this really a story? <laughs> so I guess it kind of is. So No Tail uh, had something come on BBC at a little special, I suppose. It's like a six and a half minute video. If you guys haven't seen it, check it out. About his, it's not, it's basically about his mansion that he bought in Lisbon, which is in Spain, I believe, memory serves. A 17 bedroom mansion. 17 bedrooms and he was saying he spent like oh it's in portugal okay i was close 
Uh, oh, sorry. Let me take off this uh, shard list. Appreciate that. 17 bedrooms. And he was saying how much he spent. It was like $400,000. But I, don't, I couldn't tell if he meant like renovations and stuff like that. But that seems quite low. Quite fucking low for a 17 bedroom house. Mm. I don't know. Mm. Like, I just, I really don't know anything about housing pricing in Portugal. So I can't say if he, if this was a steal or <laughs> I also don't know very much about a housing in this price range. So I can't really say that either. But mm. I mean, I think that honestly, for me, the biggest story about this that's really cool is how it gets used, right? That this is for training, for I believe all of their teams use it, right? So it's for Dota, CS:GO, and do they have anything else that are planning to expand? I think I'm sure they're planning, but I don't know if like they have at the very least, this is a very cool way. When you do have the funds, this is a cool way of going about practice because a problem what that a, a lot of teams dream. Holy yes, shit. What a it's dream. a it's got to be an amazing environment to practice in. So. Uh, it's really cool that he's been able to to use the money in this way to kind of like further the org in a way. Uh, other organizations will buy like training facilities or have them built. Like for example, the one that uh, Team Liquid has built, which I thought looked really awesome. The one that they have in the Netherlands, uh, I think it's called the Alienware Training Facility or something. Um, so I'm assuming Alienware played paid a really big part of that one. Um, also looked great, but this is just a different kind, right? I, I don't really know what other esports teams or orgs or whatever have this kind of training facility where it's really like this kind of mansion environment i think it's got to be very very nice to to train and practice there and obviously just your day-to-day -day comfort has an influence on how well you perform like yeah. if you don't have to worry about certain stuff if you're feeling comfortable uh if it feels homely all of this matters so i think it's a very very cool and very good step to take when you have the money I agree. I again, esports has come a long way. Uh, obviously, No Tail has won two TIs, so he can afford something like this. And the fact that yeah, he's putting it a, back into every player can just do right. But the fact that he's putting it into this org, I think, is really cool. Um, I mean, he. I'm sure he lives there. I'm, I guess they all probably live there. It's like a perpetual boot camp, if nothing else. Mm -hmm. uh, hopefully, it's sustainable. That's the only thing I'm kind of worried about, but. You know, we've had no tail on the podcast before. He's a smart guy. I'm sure he'll figure it out. By mm. the way, he needs to cut his hair. For God's sake, get a haircut, no tail. I'm begging. Yeah, I need one as well. So actually. do I, though. I... Yeah, it is Corona after all. It's yeah. it's tough to get a haircut, I need a haircut these haircut days. Badly. Okay, next thing on the list as we move on to another game called Valorant. Uh, a new agent Ooh. has come out, Cinder, which I have played. Okay. His name is Yoru. He is Japanese. And for some reason, he has like the same poses. Everything looks the same as another character in the game, which his name is Phoenix. I don't know, like all the art, everything is the same. Uh, for some reason, that's just weird to me. But anyway, as always, when a new agent comes out, which is every two months, so they're doing it quite often, we go over their abilities, which will mean nothing to you. So his first ability, first of all, he's a duelist, Cinderin. A duelist Love those. is when it's basically the entry fragger, okay? Okay. And there are now five in the game. So it was before kind of a meme that, oh, the next one should be another duelist so we can have five on the same team. Now you can have five on the same team, which is not great because you don't have a whole lot of like smoking utility or anything like that. So his first ability, which you uh, have to buy. Wait, is this the one you have to buy? No, no, no. Yeah, this is the one you have to buy. It's basically a flash. 
So the way they've done flashes in this game is there's two kinds. There's one that's just literally a flash with, you know, the way that you throw it's a little bit different for each one. And then the other one is paranoia, which is it called a paranoia? That's the actual spell, whatever it's called. Basically, it's being nearsighted, okay? This one is an actual okay. flash and you throw it on a surface and it bounces and then it expires. So if you throw it into the air, into the sky, it doesn't do anything. You have to bounce it off a wall and it'll ricochet and then go off and you can get two of these his second okay. ability is the one that he gets automatically just by existing and if you get two kills you can refresh it again it creates a portal that you can either stick in place that lasts for like let's say 20 seconds or something like that or you can activate it to go forward so you can literally put it across the map as it moves slowly forward invisible unless somebody is close by and if you activate it at whatever point, you teleport to that area. And I think that this is the reason. really powerful conceptually. Conceptually, yes, but it is so fucking loud <laughs> that it's oh, okay. not that. I think he, this hero is pretty weak right now because everything he does makes a ton of sound right now. So I think that's probably going to get fixed if it continues on that pace. Mm -hmm. uh, the third ability, which might be the worst ability I have ever ever seen I, I can't wait for the comments telling me that this is a good ability there so in counter-strike there is a chat can remind me there's a grenade that you throw it's a decoy decoy that yeah. is just firing it's just you throw it and it makes a firing sound. it's been i haven't been following counter-strike recently i'm guessing it's still garbage 10 years later okay this one is called fake out and it's it's more useful i will admit and you get two of them and they're only 100 credits each and it's kind of like the teleport where you can either place it on the ground as they sit or you can move it immediately. But if you activate them, then they move immediately. But creates these footstep sounds going in the direction that it's facing. So you can fake a rush with up to two of these at a time to mm -hmm. kind of fake people out. Now, the one good use of this ability is that it will uh, activate some utility. Like there's a trap wire, which it, if it's low enough, it'll blow up or whatever. And then there's a character that has a boom bot that explodes that on the first contact, which you can use to beta. But it's very situational. Are shit. there are there characters in the game that get a flash on the radar when there's movement somewhere? What do you mean a flash on the radar? Like so, a... for example, like let's say part of the appeal of the decoy grenade in CS:GO is that it will show up on the radar as a person shooting. Oh, right, right, right. right. So is there a character that interacts with movement like that? Where it's like, oh, it can hear something in nearby, so therefore it gets a, something on the radar. Does not, anyone have that? Because really then you could fake them out on the radar, which could be really powerful. Yeah, I'm, try I'm trying Maybe. to I don't think these show up on radar at all. But you're right. That okay. could be theoretically useful if somebody like to fake it out. I mean, I think the if most it was good useful... against a specific character, that would be like a counter pick, right? That would be kind of cool. Right. I mean, yeah, it does counter a couple of things. The ability, like I was just saying. Anyway, the ultimate, the mm -hmm. last thing, uh, you essentially equip something, and then for uh, again, I don't know how long it's like. Let's say thirteen seconds, you are invisible and invulnerable, and you run at increased speed, but you can't attack or anything like that. So you can basically go to the back of a site and just chill there. But it's again really loud. And if somebody gets close to you, they can kind of see the area that you're at. They can see like a blue highlight. So it's basically okay. like people want to rush in. You go first. You can't get killed. You can ping out where people are as you see them. And then you just chill in the back of sight and let your team rush behind you. You kind of like collapse on them, which this ability is 
pretty pretty good, I think. Again, very loud, which it should be because going invisible is pretty fucking broken. So mm. those are the abilities of Yoru, which I've played and as of now, I don't think he's very good, but who knows? Uh, but in yeah, other Valorant right, news, Cinderin, something that wasn't broken in the start. That's very that's cool. That's true. Okay. That, that, I mean, again, I, maybe I'm the only one that doesn't think that. I'm not sure. But speaking of Valorant, Cinderin, Anna from OG has hit Radiant, which is the top rank in Valorant. How high is that? So they only, I, they just changed it, which I'm going to talk mm -hmm. about now. And I'm trying to remember how many, is it like 500 radiance in the world? In the world? Maybe it's regional. It must, ah, God, I can't remember. It's, it's probably regional knowing Riot. If you have region separation, they will have each of their. All right, 500 I per think. region is what the chat's telling us. I'll just assume it's it's correct. But that this is, is the thing. really high. Yeah, first and foremost, congrats to Anna. I'm sure he's really good. Yep. And I don't want to take this away from him, but this is what's happening in ranked right now, Cinderin. So mm -hmm. the, the issue right now I'm having with Riot, and maybe you've played League in the past, so maybe you can tell me why this is the case. Uh, for some reason, if something's wrong with the game, or they're experimenting on something, to fix it takes them weeks. Like It's not like they can just patch the game. Part of it is because of regions. You have to mm -hmm. schedule ahead of time. I don't, it feels like it's just a big bureaucracy at Riot, where you have to throw it up the chain of command. Oh, we got to fix this small little bug that's annoying literally everybody. Let's put it up the chain of command. Three weeks later, they finally fix it. I don't know why that's happening all the time, but this is what's happening with ranked. Well, um, go ahead. Tell me your insight on that. I mean, I, I don't know. I Tell me your insight, that. you league player. I don't know how it works. I would imagine part of the approach that some companies take in situations like that is that they don't want to jump the gun. So if they implement something and their first instinct is, oh, wait, this isn't good, you give it a little bit of time to run to make sure it isn't good so that you aren't fixing something that isn't broken. It's like... Mm -hmm. If you released a hero in Dota, right? Let's say you release a hero in Dota and the entire community is like, wow, this shit is so fucking broken. And then, wait a second, if we just learn to play against it for a week, it's actually not that ridiculous. Um, I'm kind of guilty of this actually with Hoodwink, I think. I, I played a little bit of Hoodwink. I played a bit against it and I was like, damn, this hero is fucking sick. <laughs> and then a lot of people were like, oh, Hoodwink is so broken. It got nerfed really hard. And now it's kind of unplayed almost in the higher brackets yeah. of the game. It took two days. It got nerfed, and it kind of went from what a lot of people thought was mega broken, but in reality might just have been slightly overpowered or just good, or just people didn't know how to play against it, it was yet, perfect. to now being eh, you know? So yeah, but you're if you do that balance. with hero design, you could it could be the same with systems, right? Like, you make a system, people are like, this shit blows, but maybe they're not interacting with the system correctly, maybe the system hasn't calibrated itself correctly, etc., so... I think maybe that's why they're doing it that way. There, they want to make sure before they change something that it's There worth, has to uh, be something that I'm not aware of because, again... Okay, anyway, the rank system was really bad this last season. A lot of smurfing mm -hmm. I was talking about before. So this is what they did to remedy it, Sinner. This is like an experiment, I guess you can call it. It is so hilariously bad. It's comical. So if you remember, <clears throat> the top rank is Radiant. Then below that mm -hmm. is Immortal. Then Diamond, okay? That's the only ones that we're going to talk about. So in this new season of Ranked... You play your placement matches, and it doesn't matter how good you were before. The absolute top that you can get for the placement is Platinum 3, which is right below Diamond. Okay, so it's okay. Platinum, Diamond, Immortal, Radiant. Okay, so right. Plat 3, which is fine. You know, it's like a hard reset, make sure everybody has to go through their shit again. But the thing that they did this time that was interesting 
is the players that were ranked really highly before would not actually be playing against people that were platinum slash diamond level that ended up plat three as well. They play mm -hmm. against other pros that ended up plat three. So what you have is two segmented plat threes playing each other, okay? The pros versus the pros, and then the actual plats and diamonds playing each other, which means a lot of the plat and diamonds have made it to radiant because they don't have to play actual radiant players, Cinderin. And a lot of the radiant players are stuck in like diamond low immortal because they have to continue to play to grind because they're playing against the same competition that they're used to playing from before. Does that make sense? At least for a little yes, while. Yes, it makes sense. And no, it does not make sense. Right. So I'm not saying this oh. is what happened with Anna. He's probably extremely good. I'm not taking anything, but it's possible that he's one of those <laughs> like diamonds that made it to radiant. I, I literally can't believe. Their intentions are good, right? It's yes. actually a way of trying to solve smurfing to an extent. But yeah. what a really shitty solution. <laughs> like, holy disaster. shit, That is really yeah. bad. And again, like I said... I don't like even I know said, what analogy I can draw to anything with that. That's just really bad. It's been almost a week, and I don't think Imagine the ranking update. mattered for money, right? Imagine the season had a prize pool, and there was a reward at April I mean, it 1st. Matters, it matters wow, for recruitment. Right? Yeah, it matters for getting discovered. So for that, there's right. even that perspective. So already that is bad. Imagine there was prize money on the line. How destroyed they would get over that system if there was oh, yeah. something like that on the line. Holy fuck, dude. That is bad. So it's been a week, and this is why I brought it up. I like for something like that, I feel like you gotta revert. You gotta you gotta, that's like beyond fucking up, I think. Okay, so, my question is how did that pass? I, I don't know. That's how did that my actually question. get put in the game? How, I don't like know. how is nobody stopping that and being like, man, this is not a good idea, guys, because isn't that just blatantly obvious? Yes. That you're just you're inherently you're just stifling players for no reason. Like that's what you're doing. And boosting others. And honestly, unless like how are the radiant the actual radiant players, how do they ever catch up? It's one thing if the system's bad for a week and then it recalibrates or whatever, but they can never catch up if they never get to play against the quote unquote fake radiant well, players. Eventually the, the better or the better radiant players end up getting to radiant and then they start shit stomping the diamond players that made it to radiant. They drop and end up playing the lower radiants that end up finally like if they play enough, they'll get there. Right. So I guess after two years, this is a good system. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, two month seasons, but yeah. Uh, yeah. So it, it probably you can't even make that in two months. Uh, you rank up pretty fast. Uh, I mean, I, I, that's something I, I should mention much. for I've the players that game, for the players that were ranked really high if they're winning they rank like they go by really fast like faster than a regular person would have okay mm -hmm. last topic of discussion which will be relatively short and we actually have no patreon mailback question so if you're a patron make sure to come to our discord and or send me a message on patreon with your questions and we would love to answer them uh again not sure how much we want to talk about this but overwatch 2 apparently has been delayed at least another year cinderin i know that you're i'm first i'm so sorry that you have to withstand another year of waiting for overwatch 2 which many have called just an expansion of the original overwatch that you have to pay for for some reason the but least original original release ever yes something like that yeah i mean again you've talked about this before delays for games are 
kind of expected and they should be delayed if and we just talked about cyberpunk not being delayed enough mm -hmm. apparently yep so not knocking them for that necessarily but i feel like blizzard could really use a win i, th I feel like battlegrounds is like their most respectable game right now which is so random just the copy of auto chess but they did it in a cooler way or more unique way than everybody else mm -hmm. but overwatch 2 yeah make sure you delay games if they're not ready i'm just really not invested in overwatch so i I can't get myself to be excited over this compared to the other games that got delayed where I was like, that's great because I love this game and I will play it. So, I mean, if they eh. had made like 50 more good. million from their teams, from the sponsors, maybe they would have made Who it. Who knows? Like, I mean, the question is, if you delay a game, it's a big delay though. Like this is a title. It's a, one of your flagship games and you delay it. Did they just flat out delay it a year? I, they give I'm that not going like to lie, a, guys. I, I was... One of the people in my chat told me about this. I literally didn't want to read the article because I just don't care. But I figured it was newsworthy enough that I should bring it up. Mm -hmm. But I don't know is the answer to your question. Okay. <laughs> Let's just assume that I'm correct, that it is a year. Right. And I don't know if it's been officially... I don't know. I, who cares? It's fucking I, I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy to see the trend, though. I think more developers are starting, on average, to delay games more. I think a couple... Like, in the last few years... There's been so extremely much pressure on the developers to just release on a specific deadline they have, and it really has affected some games negatively. So if the if the meta, if you will, is let's delay games until they're good, that is a meta I agree with a lot for two reasons. First of all, because the games are probably going to turn out better, and secondly, because hopefully the developers get better working conditions where they don't need to do crunch time for fucking 100-hour weeks to push a game in the end, and that's more humane uh the way that they're treated toward the end um yeah. that should be a big secondary win or even the primary win depending on what your perspective is on it um so happy to see more delays honestly as weird as that might sound i'm happy to see that hopefully it just never gets released i mean let's be real cinder um i don't know I'm not, I'm not for, i'm not like hating for I'm people not hating on overwatch i'm not hating on people that like it i just have never played it i don't understand it and the little bit i watched it i was completely lost which is probably like every person ever watching Dota for the first time. So Correct. what do I know? It might be a great not, game. Okay, here's uh, the thing. I'm just going to say this, and then we'll close the episode. Not hating on Overwatch itself. I'm hating on the eSports the e segment, yeah. which I think that they have just fucked a lot of things up and have hurt other eSports as a result of just so much money being wasted and thrown down the drain from sponsorships that could have otherwise gone to Dota, the greatest mobile of all time. Okay, so, Cinderin, have you seen in Bruges? No. Thank you very uh. much, everybody. Until next week, Suns fan and Cinderin signing out. See you in the DPC, except for Cinderin. Bye. Maybe you can have a guest appearance. Bye. Okay, bye. We say things that don't mean anything. But thanks for listening